This is your Olympic hero and former WWE champion, Kurt Angle. And I just wanted to give a shout out to my guys, Clint and Noah. When it comes to covering sports, there is no one better. And believe me, that's true. It's damn true. From the Starcade Studios in Kansas City, Missouri, the pinnacle of hard-hitting sports talk, featuring weekly expert analysis and exclusive interviews. And now, here are your hosts, Nitro Noah Groniger and Mr. Electricity Clint Schweitzer. I'll tell you, it is a pleasure here on the Starcade Stories podcast, Starcade Media, to welcome the president and CEO of the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Mr. Gary Stoken. Gary, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas to everybody. Absolutely. Merry Christmas to you. And it's that time of year. It's December 1st. So we're already starting to think along those lines. And I got to say, this has got had to have been just, is this the busiest week of the year for, for you and your staff? Well, it's, it's uh, certainly one of them. Uh, it's a great time of the year. College football goes way too fast, and here we are already at championship weekend. Um, our weekend will be watching games tonight, obviously tomorrow, and then on Sunday at 12.15, uh, ESPN will uh, show the top six teams, have the Rose and Sugar semifinals set, and then at 2.15, we'll find out what two teams – we get his Christmas presents to host in uh, Atlanta for the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Well, Gary, this is a good opportunity to kind of set the record straight because dealing with fan bases, uh, as you probably have a lot of the time uh, through the years of being the the, the Peach Bowl CEO and president, uh, people, what rumors spread and, you know, there's this kind of back channeling and all this happening and conniving and just, you, you've heard it all, I'm sure. So as this process is playing out, for you in the Peach Bowl, obviously you've been a playoff destination just last year, but you're really kind of at the whim of the of the college football playoff committee. I mean, that's pretty much what it comes down to, correct? No, you're exactly right. Uh, I go back to 2014 when CFP started, and <clears throat> I called Bill Hancock on Saturday night for the Sunday um, – announcements. And I said, so Bill, you're going to call me and let me know who we have because previously, you know, I was responsible for selecting the teams for the Peach Bowl. And um, he laughed and he said, Gary, you'll find out when the rest of America finds out. So we literally are like you. We sit there and watch TV and wait till ESPN pops up the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl and two logos up there. And those are our early Christmas presents. So we have no say so. Um, you know, the, the process is pretty clean. Well, not pretty. It is clean. Uh, <laughs> I've sat in one of the uh, the rooms in Gaylord where they had all the computers set up and went through a mock draft selection. And it's a great process. Um, the way it'll work this year is, you know, the committee will, um, after the games on Saturday, Friday and Saturday, they'll rank their teams on Saturday night, come back on Sunday morning, make sure they got them all right. And then on Sunday at uh, 12, 15, they'll announce the Rose and Sugar with number one getting the, the geographical advantage of the two bowls. And then they'll play number four and two and three will play in the other bowl. And then the, uh, the selection process goes to the Orange Bowl committee. 
the Orange Bowl Committee has a contract with the ACC to uh, select the highest ranked ACC team that is not in the playoff. So in other words, if the season ended today, Florida State would be number four and be in the playoff. Uh, ACC um, next highest ranked team would be obligated to go to the Orange Bowl. And then on the other side of the match, uh, the Orange Bowl is obligated to take the highest ranked team between Notre Dame, the Big Ten, and the SEC. So again, if the season ended today, that'd be Ohio State would go to the Orange Bowl. Uh, then the process goes back to the CFP Selection Committee, where they'll take the highest-ranked champion of the New Year's Six. Uh, I'm sorry, the group of uh, five, and put them in a New Year's Six bowl game, either the Cotton, the Fiesta, or the Peach. And then the next five highest-ranked teams would be placed uh, in the Cotton, uh, Fiesta, and Peach. So that's the way the process will go this year. There's so many other mitigating factors and you can kind of tell us how much of a deep dive that there is with regards to this, because for instance, you've got Texas playing in the AT&T stadium uh, this week for the big 12 championship. And you've got Alabama playing in Mercedes Benz stadium for the sec championship. So how much of a factor does that play? Is it like, okay, well, you know, we don't necessarily, you know, mind having Alabama back three weeks later to play in the peach bowl. Or is it like, no, we've, we've really got to try to, you know, put these teams geographically or logistically to make more sense. Like how, how yeah. much is that going to play in? That's a great question. Um, and really, you know, things like that, I don't think really come into play. Uh, what, what mm. the committee will try and do is put the mismatchups together in the cotton, the fiesta and the peach. So you'll probably see teams that are closely ranked, uh, be in those three three games of the the teams that are left in the pool uh, to select from. So uh, the only caveat to that is uh, a two lane. If they got in, they wouldn't rematch them with Ole Miss since they played during the season. Uh, they won't rematch Texas and Alabama because they played during the season. Mm -hmm. So they'll try and stay away from rematches, um, and uh, they'll, they'll try and put the best matchups together in, in the Cotton, the Fiesta, and the Peach. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to the opportunity. If Missouri's there, uh, it'd be a great uh, story this year with, uh, you know, what Schrader's done, what Eli's done coaching-wise. Um, great defensive line. Their offensive line's playing really well. Uh, the quarterback, uh, I think, just won the uh, Scholar-Athlete of the SEC this year. Um, he's done a great job, can throw the ball as well as pass it, gets them out of danger. Um, so they're a well-rounded team. And Eli and uh, the coaching staff of Missouri has done a heck of a job this year. Well, of course, we're here in Kansas City covering the Missouri Tigers. So I'm going no matter where a lot of people, uh, of course, at this point, we're dealing in a lot of speculation and rumor and innuendo, but a lot of people think for Missouri it would be down to the peach and the cotton. So at what point did – Missouri kind of get on the radar of the Peach Bowl. Of course, the Tigers have never played in the Peach Bowl. They have made it to Atlanta twice in the SEC championship game in 13 and 14. But at what point in the season did, did Missouri kind of pop up? It's like, well, there's a team that could wind up here. <laughs> well, it's funny. We had Eli and his wife come to our, our golf tournament this year at uh, Reynolds on Lake Oconee and uh, got a chance to meet him. I knew of him. Being an NC State grad, I knew him when he was at NC State. 
mm. the offensive coordinator there. Um, obviously, he's done a great job uh, at Appalachian State and out Missouri. Um, but I think the Georgia game where they really, uh, really played Georgia, a tough game in Athens, I think that was really a telltale sign that, you know, Missouri's for real. Uh, obviously, they had success before that where people did realize that they were a top 10 team. But uh, even though in a loss, I think they uh, really showed well. And then the, the big game against Tennessee that they had and how big they won really put it over the top as to, I think, the committee ranking them in the top 10. Do you see any scenario in which a chaos scenario where Missouri winds up left out of the New Year's Six, depending on results from Saturday? Uh, another great question. You know, I haven't analyzed that. Um, you have to look at it and say, okay, you got to have four teams in the semis. So, you know, Washington, Oregon, again, I'm not the committee, so I don't make these decisions, but you, sure. you, you analyze and say, okay, you got to believe the winner of Washington and Oregon tonight is going to get in. Uh, you got to believe if Michigan, Michigan wins, they're in. If Georgia wins, they're in. Florida State, you know, I don't know what their quarterback, the latest is with their quarterback, um, the second string quarterback. I don't know if he has a concussion, will play against Louisville in the ACC. Um, conference championships do matter a lot to the committee. So if Florida State were to win, uh, you know, be undefeated, you know, boy, it'd be tough tough conversations on Saturday night and Sunday about Florida state. Um, and then if Georgia wins, they're in, if Alabama wins and Texas wins, you know, head to head and conference championships matter a lot. So, you know, what does the committee do with Texas and Alabama? If Alabama just beats number one and Texas beats a top 20 team, but is beaten Alabama at Alabama. So um, yeah, there'll be a lot of discussion Saturday and Sunday. We've never been at this juncture where we've had four undefeated teams and this many one-loss teams in the history of the CFP. So it's going to be really interesting tonight and tomorrow as to what happens on the field. Extremely exciting. And, of course, next year we'll just turn the whole thing on its head and start all over and, and really get interesting for next year. So, yeah. for Gary, for those that Missouri fans that maybe traveled down to, uh, to Athens – this year to see Missouri play. And I, my lights went out. That's insane. Uh, <laughs> let me try to get that back. Oh, there we go. That maybe traveled down to Athens to see Missouri play Georgia, or that they've been to maybe an SEC championship game, or even for a fan that has never been to Atlanta, you know, Missouri's only been in the SEC now for, I think this is the uh, 11th or 12th season. So talk about what Atlanta has to offer the peach bowl itself. I know I'm kind of, warming up to it in a major way myself because I've been to the Cotton Bowl. Uh, it's an easy drive, but Atlanta is a very special city. You guys had 79,000 broke a Peach Bowl record last season, Georgia playing Ohio State. You've got the Peach Bowl parade on the Saturday of the game. You've got the College Football Hall of Fame, which is, by the way, I've been to it when it was in South Bend, but now that it's moved, I really want to check it out. And I know you were instrumental in bringing that. So, did I do a good enough job? Did I, have I sold the cotton? Yeah, you, you answered your own question there. Okay. You did a better job than I could. But uh, there you go. Atlanta, you know, we have a big uh, Missouri uh, alumni here. Um, so they'd find it easy to, to get over to the game. It's an easy trip down 75 for uh, a lot of people. We have the number one airport in the world where there's hourly flights from a lot of markets into Atlanta. 
the great thing about Atlanta, we're a walkable city. So once you're in town where, you know, there's 16,000 hotel rooms downtown. So there's a pick of hotels. We're not a destination point during that time of the year. So, you know, you can get good hotel rates. And once you're in town, you don't need a rental car. You can just walk around to the world's largest aquarium, which is a must-see. College Football Hall of Fame, which is a great interactive experience, a must-do when you're in Atlanta. Um, the World of Coke is right. They're all next to each other, uh, along with Centennial Olympic Park mm-hmm. being right there. And then the stadium uh, is walkable from a lot of the hotels as well. So whether you're staying in the Omni, the Marriott, which are the two team hotels, uh, or the other hotels downtown, the Hyatt, the Westin, um, you know, a lot of great hotels downtown. Excellent restaurants, um, great shopping, and great, you know, as I mentioned, uh, the activities to go see. And then we start with uh, uh, Friday night. We'll have a night at the aquarium where the bands and the cheerleaders will be there. And then we start early on Saturday with our parade that leads right into the Georgia World Congress Center, which is right next to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where we'll have indoor our fan fest where we'll probably have 30,000, 40,000 people in there. The game will be a sellout, 72,000 people. We'll guarantee 72 degrees because we'll keep the roof closed. <laughs> and, and um, uh, you know, you just walk from the Congress Center and FanFest, from the parade to FanFest, FanFest right into Mercedes-Benz, which is one of the best facilities in the country. Great sight lines. The uh, Halo board is an additive experience. Versus in Dallas, I think you watch the game on it in Dallas. (laughs) You do. Um, You don't don't watch the field. In Atlanta, you watch the field, and then it's an added experience to see the replays on the Halo board. Um, And so, yeah, it's it's a great time of the year to be in Atlanta, and people will have a fantastic time. Our people are volunteers, and people in Atlanta love to host, um, you know, so Southern Hospitality will be alive and well. I think I'm sold, you know, uh, for, for many years, my grandma lived up in Jasper, Georgia, just about uh, an hour or so North of of Atlanta, visiting all the small towns within a radius. I mean, if you just like go into small towns that are, that are like out of a Norman Rockwell painting, you got Madison, you got Covington. Those are all within 45 minutes. It's they're wonderful to go check out. I highly recommend that. Yeah. So many. And, uh, Kennesaw is right up there. Um, how important, for the Peach Bowl has the association with Chick-fil-A been? Because this is a brand, Gary, that's it's getting real popular here in the Midwest. I got one right down the street here, and that wasn't always the case. So Chick-fil-A, well, a lot of people associate those bowls, uh, the bowl with that brand, whereas a lot of the other bowls have moved on to different sponsors. I can't keep track of 90% of them, but you know the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl and that sponsorship. So how important has that been? Well, I really appreciate you bringing that up because as I tell people, Chick-fil-A's food, if you've ever had the opportunity, they get your order right. They do a (laughs) smile on their face. The food is always hot and it's a great uh, value. And I always say their food is great, but their people are better. They're really great people, a great partner of ours. Um, I'm in my 26th year as CEO and president of the Peach Bowl and uh, Chick-fil-A is in their 27th year of uh, being title uh, partner wow. of the game, which is tied with the Outback now as the oldest, longest title partner of a bowl game in college football history. And next year, they'll break that 
because we have a contract through 2025 till the end of the CFP contract and Outback is, has been gone for two years now down in Tampa. So um, just a great partner, great people. And uh, there'll be Chick-fil-A in Mercedes-Benz. There'll be Chick-fil-A in FanFest. So, um, you know, it, it'll be uh, available to everybody when they come down from uh, Missouri, wherever they come from. And in the press box, too, I'm, I'm hoping. Oh, yeah. We'll have it in the press box for sure. Okay. Well, I'm sold. That's, that put me over the edge. Uh, so, so, Gary, I, I, I kind of need to use you and your, your knowledge and your infinite wisdom here because for Missouri last year, they faced That's a very, dangerous. well, I, we're going to, we're going to give it a try. All right. Missouri last year was involved in a, a situation that I don't think I've ever heard of before, which is that they were accused of ducking their rival, the Kansas Jayhawks in the Liberty bowl. Have you ever heard of a team ducking a team uh, in a bowl game? Have you ever had somebody come to you as an athletic director come to you and say, we really don't want to play this other team. Can you please move us elsewhere? Is that a thing? Um, You know, I think now below the CFP New Year's six games, which we've been in now for this will be our 10th year. um, A lot of times what happens now in bowl selections is the conferences, instead of putting – selection picks, which it used to be. So you'd pick first or second or third or fourth. What they've done is kind of combine bowls and teams together uh, to primarily promote uh, movement so that fans don't have to go or players don't have to go back to the same experience that they had the year before. So in other words, if, um, if you're Missouri and you're not in the New Year's Six, you may provide to the SEC – your first, second, and third picks of what bowls you'd like to go to in order. Mm -hmm. And then the bowl will reciprocate and do the same thing and say, you know, we'd like to have Missouri number one, team two, team three. And if Missouri put in, that's the bowl they want to go to number one, and the bowl put in, that's Missouri they want number one, they typically, the conference will match that up. So um, that's, that's my understanding of how it's working below the New Year's Six now. So I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of ducking going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, they Kansas ducked Missouri this year because they didn't win enough games to to be matched up. So yeah. we'll go with that. we'll just go with that. This is an yeah. old rivalry here, Gary. We don't we don't let it go as as easily. I mean, Missouri's been in the SEC a while and stuff starting to to, to brew with some some really good matchups here, but these these rivalries die hard. And college football is experiencing uh, just a, a mishmash of conference movement and as as we go forward do you kind of have ideas and have you already kind of laid the groundwork for how this process is going to work uh 2024 and and beyond because this yeah what we've tried to do is we tried to get ahead and um back in 2006 when we tried to get in the bcs when they went to hosting a fifth game in a national championship format they wound up um using the rose sugar Fiesta and Orange to play their bowl game in January. And then two weeks later, they'd rotate the national championship game. So us in the Cotton Bowl, who had made really strong bids, didn't, didn't, went, didn't make it. In 2007, the NCAA legislated the 12th game to the schedule. And I went to my board and I said, well, if they're not going to let us in the BCS on the backside of the season, we're going to start the BCS on the front side of the season. And prior to this, 
Um, you know, there were a lot of nondescript games where people would play directional schools the first three or four games. Viewership was down on TV. Attendance was down because uh, the weather was hot and typically, you know, teams would win 50 to nothing. Um, so we started in 2008, the Chick-fil-A kickoff game, and I called yeah. it the Daytona 500 of college football. And Daytona got, uh, sent a cease and desist letter to me saying, please cease and desist using <laughs> Daytona 500. But that's what we did. We put number nine uh, Clemson against number 25 Alabama. And uh, Alabama came in 134 to 10. The next year we had them uh, at number five against number seven Virginia Tech in our Chick-fil-A kickoff game. And Alabama won. And they won the national championship. And um, if you remember back in 2008, when we started this, in 2007, Alabama lost to Louisiana Monroe. Uh, it was Nick, Nick Saban's first year. Yep. So, um, you know, Nick would point to the Chick-fil-A kickoff game as being uh, the start of the run they've been on ever since. And um, so we changed the face of college football on the front side of the season to now – you have uh, Ohio State scheduling Notre Dame in the first game of the year. So uh, it's really helped viewership. It's helped attendance. And, um, and now it's, it's part of the fabric of college football. So, you know, we think that's important. We're going to continue that in 24, where we start off with Georgia versus Clemson. It'll be two top 10 teams next year. Then we host the first quarterfinal game of the new CFP 12-team playoff where we'll host either number one, two, three, or four against the winner of a first-round game. And then at the end of the year, we'll host the national championship uh, in Atlanta, the first city to do so twice in the CFP era. We hosted in 2017 uh, the first time. And then in 25, we have two Chick-fil-A or two AFLAC kickoff games. And then the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl will be the national CFP semifinal. And then there's new contracts that are coming online with TV and bowl games in 26 uh, moving forward. So wow. 25 will be the end of the existing 12-year contract that we all signed back in 2014. Do you know what this sounds like to me? It sounds like a, a large expense for Alabama and Georgia fans because I, they're always playing in your stadium. They're always winning. They're always in the SEC championship game. Then that sometimes they got to come back. And the fan, they're but they're right there, they're right. Well, it's by, I mean, Georgia, Georgia, especially Georgia, has never won uh, against Alabama in the SEC championship. They lost, I think, right. 12, 15, 17, 17, and 19, maybe or 20, 21. But um, Nick Saban is 18 and one in Atlanta. The only loss he has in the SEC championship to Florida and Tim Tebow when. Florida won a national championship. It's incredible. It's uh, it's it's so much fun this time of year. And I'm just a bowl junkie. I consume them all, no matter what. I mean, actually, I think I missed my calling. I I, I want to work for a bowl because I mean, I saw like the citrus bowl people uh, up in the Mizzou press box this year. The jackets, I do it just for the jacket. I'll start small, Gary. I'll start at the Gasparilla Bowl <laughs> if I need to. Just hold a spot for me someday at at the Peach Bowl. You know, you're not the only one. Jeff Dantzler, <laughs> who, who announces for Georgia, he's the same way. He's seen so many jackets come through Georgia that all he wants to do is 
work for a bowl game and uh, have a jacket so you can walk around. These guys, yeah, they look like they're having the time of their lives. They just fly up to a college football game this Saturday. Next well, you Saturday, know, I only Saturday. work one day a year, right? Well, of course, right? Yeah, exactly. Like Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus works one day a year. I only work one day a year. We turn on the lights at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and play a football game. Well, last year, everybody was, everybody was uh, complimenting me on the Georgia-Ohio State semifinal in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl where we had 22.5 million viewers. It's the top 20 uh, all-time broadcast in cable TV history. And I said, I had nothing to do with the game. We just, you know, we put Turn it on. The lights on. <laughs> the Georgia and Ohio State played the game. So, Well, it's it's an incredible opportunity. And I think for a lot of Missouri people, the, a lot of the, you know, I read a lot of message boards. Man, people are really excited about the prospect of it. So for people that are, that are planners, I think a lot of people are kind of like, Okay, I might book some hotels, maybe a refundable flight to Atlanta, and then also keep this idea of the of Dallas in mind too. So Missouri fans are they're kind of down to 50-50 here. Gary, that's let's call a spade a spade. It's, it seems kind of 50-50 for Missouri. So well, I know the guys in Dallas, they do a great job. It's a great stadium as well. And uh, to be in the New Year's six is really special. So Missouri has certainly deserved an opportunity and to either go to Dallas or Atlanta would be a tremendous uh, benefit and um, certainly uh, worthy for the team and the administration and the staff and the fans of uh, Missouri. And this system is so much better. I think back to 2007 where Missouri was kind of left out of the Orange Bowl. They had just beaten rival Kansas and got to number one in the nation, lost the Big 12 title game, and then wound up in the Cotton Bowl, funny enough. And well, and at the time, of course, the BCS is in existence. So this system where it's, you know, this college football playoff committee and here's the rankings, it just seems like kind of crazy that you earn your spot into a Peach Bowl, a Cotton Bowl, a Fiesta Bowl. And or, I mean, that's what a noble concept, right? Well, and it's interesting. Everybody's saying, well, we can't wait for the playoff next year. But if you really think about it, you know, the playoff started with Michigan, Ohio State, number two against number three last week. You have Alabama number one playing Georgia number or Alabama number eight playing Georgia number one this week. You have number uh, three Washington playing number five Oregon this week. Um, you know you have Michigan number two playing number nineteen I think Iowa, and you have number fourteen uh, uh, Louisville playing number four Florida State. So there's actually playoff going on right now. It's just. Mm -hmm. you know, you know, on paper. Um, but it'll be exciting next year because you've got, you know, this year uh, college football is an all-time viewership high, and I think that will even continue to get bigger and higher uh, when you have a 12-team playoff because you'll have probably 40, maybe even upwards of 50 teams still playing in November with an opportunity to get to the top 12 teams and get in the playoff. And when you have now – NBC and uh, CBS and ABC and ESPN and Fox all broadcasting college football. That's a lot more promotion uh, than just ESPN promoting the game. So, um, and ESPN does a great job promoting the game, but now you have other ones doing it as well. So, you know, college football is just going to continue to elevate. It's the second most favorite sport in this country. And uh, I just think it'll continue to get, uh, better and better. Last thing, Gary, I've got to bounce this off of you. 
because I really don't have that many people in my life that I can bounce things off this, things like this off of, except for my friend, Tim Brando, Fox sports broadcaster. Great guy. He, Tim, he, Tim agrees on he, he agrees with me on this. He agrees with me on this. So we'll see. You're, you're really the person to ask though. Uh, as these bowl games come around and this is something that a new year six bowl, like the peach bowl doesn't have to deal with as much. And last year we saw in the sugar bowl, a non-playoff bowl, Alabama, they had no starters out. They did not have people opting out of the game. So do you ever think we could reach a time where these bowl games via the sponsors, we know how efficient Chick-fil-A is. They'd probably be right in on this. Could work out an NIL deal with players to not sit out some of these bowl games. Is that something you ever see happening? Well, it's a great question. I, you know, I was asked two years ago, we had uh, Pitt against Michigan state uh, number 10 against number 12, I think it was. And, Kenny Pickett was an All-American first-team quarterback at Pitt, and Michigan State had Kenneth Walker, an All-American running back. And they both opted out of our game. Um, and, uh, you know, I talked to both coaches, and Coach Tucker at Michigan State said, well, Kenneth had a bad ankle since game one, the first week. And as soon as they hand you that first-round draft card from the NFL after the conference championship games, you know, that's arguably worth a signing bonus of somewhere between 10 and $20 million, which is generational money. Um, and so, you know, Kenny, Kenny Pickett, you know, he had bad ribs and, and a bad foot playing in the ACC championship. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, it's very difficult with agents and parents, um, you know, in your ear and, you know, you got a first round draft pick from the NFL that's, as I said, 10 to $20 million. Now you, you, they slot you with respect to salary. So you don't make huge dollars until you get to your free agency year, which is your fourth year, which not many guys sure. get to. But uh, I think one of the unintended consequences of the playoff is going to be how many kids are truly going to play all the way through. Now people say I'm nuts. Uh, because people will play because it's a national championship. But at the end of the day, you know, everybody's kind of banged up and hurt at the end of the year. And now you're going to ask them to play in a conference championship game against a good team. Then you're going to ask them to play against Ohio State, let's say, the best team they've played. And then the next week you're going to have to play against Alabama, the best team they've played. Mm -hmm. And then if you win that, you got to play against Georgia, Mm -hmm. the best team you've played. And, you know, these kids are only, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. And then the the second unintended consequence, I think, with a playoff we got to watch is, you know, we're asking a lot of fans to go to a conference championship game and then two weeks later go to a first-round game, possibly away, and then, um, you know, celebrate Christmas and then go to a quarterfinal game January 1st and then a semifinal January 8th, and then a championship game January 19th or 20th. You know, that's a lot of money, and we all know the algorithms of airlines. You know, you're not going to be able to make a a reservation a month out like you can now. It's going to be week to week, and so those rates are going to jump up exponentially. And so I think that's another reason why they need the bowl games to continue, because in our case, we have so many people buy what I call one-game season ticket, to our bowl game because they know we're going to get a good matchup. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we sell out every year because 
once we allot the 13,000 to each team, we're sold out. And I think you're going to need that in a playoff type format because you can't, you can't depend on the teams traveling week to week, delivering so many tickets. That is extremely informative. Uh, Gary, I tell you what, I can't thank you enough. Just maybe we'll see you here uh, on December 30th in Atlanta. And if not, best of luck to uh, whoever makes it, uh, the participants in the Peach Bowl. Definitely will be watching. It's uh, it's always a pleasure, my friend. We can't thank you enough. And good luck well, in the bowl game. Thanks so much for having us. Merry Christmas to you and all your fans. And, you know, if we get a chance to host Missouri, we'd be uh, very happy and overjoyed to do it and look forward to uh, bringing Eli, his family, the Missouri Tiger family, and all the fans down here to Atlanta. Hey, sounds great to me, Gary. Thanks so much. All righty. Take care. Appreciate it.